Hello, welcome back. I have a super special episode for you today because it's our 100th episode. Thank you for being here. If you've been listening from the beginning, you have my undying devotion and love and admiration. And thank you for your patience as this essential astrocast has evolved from being a Facebook, Instagram live into a podcast. It's been an amazing ride. And this is one of the most fun things I've done in my career. I hope we get to do another 100 episodes together. If you're new here, thank you for coming. I did a little something special but serious at the end of this episode. I hope you bear with me and you stick it out. But I do talk about the Pluto return that's coming for the United States of America. I think it's really important. I think all this Aquarius energy has some really deep lessons for all of us. So I hope you stay tuned and listen to the end. And otherwise, have a wonderful week. I will talk to you on the other side. Welcome to the Essential Astrocast. I'm your host, Veronica Peretti. I'm a yoga teacher, a coach, and most importantly, an astrologer. And that's why I come to you every week here on your podcast feed to let you know what's going on up there in the heavens so that you can dictate your fate down here on Earth. Let's get started. Hey friends, welcome back to the Essential Astrocast. I am Veronica and I'm excited to chat with you this week because the Leo season has officially begun. The sun has moved into its home sign of Leo where it is king because Leo is symbolized by the lion. There is a royalness, a regalness about Leo. And I love the sign of Leo because the archetype of Leo, whether or not you are a sun in Leo, maybe you have a Mars in Leo, maybe you have a moon in Leo, maybe you're Leo rising. People that have prominent Leo in their chart, I am not one of them, but people that do, they are here to shine bright. And when the Leos in our life shine bright, it lets us all know that we can shine bright as well. Because to put yourself out there, on the stage of life, Leo is the performer, it takes a lot of vulnerability. And it's really uncomfortable for many of us to get vulnerable. It takes courage and bravery to be vulnerable. So I love Leo season because it is a celebration season. It is the fixed sign of the summer season. It's the fixed fire sign, which means it's hot, which means it's passionate which means it's dramatic. So there is a sense of dramatic flair when we are talking about Leo. It's also a sign that's romantic and stylish and playful and bold and enthusiastic. And as I mentioned, courageous and brave. It is also an archetype that teaches us about loyalty. Leos have big hearts. They are heart-centered people. So when we're working with the Leo archetype, we're coming from our heart. We're coming from our feelings. We're coming from our love. We want to cherish and adore, and we want to feel cherished and adored and validated. All of that takes a healthy relationship with our ego. All of that takes vulnerability. So while Leo might seem like a simple sign, it's not. 
these are some of the most challenging parts of being human, allowing ourselves to be vulnerable, allowing ourselves to be seen, allowing ourselves to have a healthy ego so that we can be confident without being arrogant. So the shadow side of Leo is something that we're all very familiar with. It is self-centered and self-absorbed and vain and narcissistic and arrogant. And we all want to avoid that. We want to come from a place of confidence. And when our sense of self gives other people permission to be themselves, that is the ultimate gift of being a Leo. So we're in Leo season. Leo rules the heart and the spine, which makes perfect sense since I just told you they're brave and courageous and loving and loyal and all of those wonderful things and heart-centered. Leos have a great desire to be loved and to feel like they belong because the opposite sign to Leo is Aquarius. And so this week, right after the sun moves into Leo, we will very quickly have a full moon in Aquarius on Friday. So this is an exciting Leo season. We're going to have two full moons in Aquarius. So you may recall that last summer in 2020, we had two new moons in Cancer. This summer, we have two full moons in Aquarius. So Leo is the sign of the individual performer on the stage and Aquarius is the sign of the group. And these two signs, they both want to feel a sense of belonging and a, a sense of being validated and being adored. And they do it in very different fashions, but at the core, they have a lot of the same desires. It's always an interesting full moon, but this year, because we have two of them, it is an invitation from the universe to really work on whatever's going on in the Aquarius part of your chart. So you might think to yourself, I'm not an Aquarius. I don't have a moon in Aquarius. I don't have any planets in Aquarius. You still have Aquarius in your chart. We all have all 12 signs in our chart. So one of your houses is predominantly ruled by Aquarius, and therefore that is where the action is going to be taking place. This is a really, really important time to look at that Aquarius stuff. Now, we've been working with this part of our chart for a while because Saturn is an Aquarius. And as you know from listening, if you've been here for a while, and welcome to those of you that are new, but if you've been here for a while, you've been hearing me talk about the Saturn square Uranus that's going on all year. And Saturn's in Aquarius, Uranus is in Taurus. These are all fixed signs. So this is going to be an interesting full moon because it activates that Aquarius part of our chart. Now, it's not by degree going to be opposite or conjunct that Saturn, but it will be activating that zero degree of Aquarius where the great conjunction occurred at the end of 2020. So in December 2020, we had Jupiter and Saturn meet up at zero degrees Aquarius, and we started a brand new 20-year cycle. Every 20 years, we experienced this great conjunction. It had not happened in the sign of Aquarius since 1405. Pretty big deal. This great conjunction started a 200-plus year cycle of these great conjunctions happening in air signs, whereas for about 200-something years, 
they were happening in earth signs. So this is a big shift that we're living in. A lot of people are calling this the age of Aquarius. A lot of astrologers don't believe it's the age of Aquarius, but it's certainly a shift in energy, a shift from earth energy to air energy. Air energy is about connection, intellectual pursuits, curiosity, innovation, forward movement, fairness, equality. So there's a shift in our values. There's a shift in what we talk about or care about on a cultural, societal, global level. And we've been experiencing that. So this full moon will be interesting. This pair of full moons will be interesting because we have this first full moon on Friday and that's going to be at 10.37 p.m. Eastern in Aquarius at one degree Aquarius, activating that zero degree great conjunction spot which is a hot spot now for the next 20 years. We're going to be looking for things that occur when planets activate that zero degree Aquarius point in the chart. And then on August 22nd, we'll have a second full moon in Aquarius, and that's going to be at 29 degrees Aquarius. So zero degrees Aquarius is the beginning of the sign of Aquarius in your chart, and 29 degrees is the final degree in your chart because all of the signs in your chart span from zero degrees to 29 degrees. This is an opportunity for you to release some stuff, some serious old emotional residue that has built up in the Aquarius part of your chart. Now Aquarius rules groups and communities and friendships. So there's going to be a lot of people shifting their relationship with their friends. There's going to be a lot of us who shift our relationships with particular communities that we may be a part of. There may be some of us who find a new community to join. There is so much going on in the world right now with people finding where they fit because we've been in this weird, crazy lockdown life for so long. And now we're going back out into the world and we're experiencing, where do I fit? Who do I want to spend time with? What's important to me? Your values may have changed and therefore the people you want to spend your time with may have changed. Another way that you might experience these full moons is around technology because Aquarius does rule science and technology. So early on, in the pandemic, we had Saturn go into Aquarius. He only stayed for a few months and he went back into Capricorn on his retrograde journey and finally came back. And Saturn is camped out in Aquarius for about three years. Now we've been on the journey with Saturn for a while now. So we're learning about how we use technology and how technology impacts our brain. And Saturn is rules and restrictions and boundaries and limitations. Saturn gives us the structures so that we can learn and so that we can be productive. Saturn is our lessons. It's our karma. It's our relationship to time. So what are we all doing? We are spending a lot of time on social media. We are seeing the negative effects that social media is having on our society with the spread of misinformation, with the spread of conspiracy theories. So it will be very interesting with these two full moons to see what happens in that part of our world. And it might just be interesting on an individual level. Um, it might be an opportunity for you on a personal level 
to change your relationship with technology or change your relationship with social media. So last summer, I did an Instagram cleanse. I went off of Instagram for about 10 days at the end of the summer, and it was so awesome, and I felt so good. And I could just tell that I had more creativity, I had more ideas, and so I'm considering doing that again for a longer period of time or something like that. I'm not exactly sure what it's going to look like, but I do recommend that you just take a moment with these two full moons in Aquarius, the sign of technology, and ask yourself, what do you want to be getting out of social media? What do you want to be getting out of technology? So instead of allowing other forces to dictate to your brain what you think about, actively decide what you want to use those tools for. What do you want to stimulate your brain with? I think that is something that we're not doing enough. And the conversation, of course, is shifting and we're gaining more insight into how our brains are being impacted by technology. Speaking of being discerning, Venus is now in Virgo. So on Wednesday, Venus moved into the sign of Virgo and Mercury is not too far behind. He'll be moving in next week and Mars will eventually come as well. So this Leo season, as exciting and jubilant and enthusiastic and dramatic as it might be, there's going to be some temperance because we will have some of the other personal planets residing in the sign of Virgo. And Virgo is the sign of discernment. Virgo is the sign of having what you need and having no more, organizing, cleaning up structures and systems, all of the boring stuff that personally I find exciting because you know I have a moon in Virgo, so there's nothing I love more than a pantry reorganization. In fact, I did that earlier this week before Venus moved into Virgo because I knew that seeing the shelves perfectly organized would give me great joy and be a source of beauty for me with this Venus and Virgo season. This can be exciting because Leo really zhuzhes up our creativity. Virgo helps us decide which ideas are the right ones to follow. If you have felt scattered, remember we had a lot of Gemini energy earlier in the summer. If you've been feeling like your energy is all over the place, the energy of Virgo and Leo coming together might help you focus and really pinpoint where you want your creative expression to flow. So this is exciting. It's more practicality, less emotionality, because we've had a lot of cancer. And you may have noticed that earlier this week, people were super in the feels. Whenever the planets get to 29 degrees of any sign, it is the most potent experience of that sign. So when the sun got to 29 degrees cancer, everyone lost their shit. Everybody was just feeling it. So this was Wednesday and I felt it. I felt everybody feeling it. I felt like I was the victim of other people feeling it. So whether feeling it in a good way or whether feeling it in a negative way, people were really being moved by their emotion. And now Mercury is still in Cancer, so that's still occurring. Our emotions are presiding over our minds. But that will shift next week. 
so for the bulk of Leo season, we will have a lot of practicality and less emotionality. And I think that will be a really nice change. Of course, the fire signs are emotional. So it doesn't mean that you're not going to have any emotion. It just means that you might be a little more discerning with where you direct the emotion or what you do with the emotion. Because while the water signs get a bad rap for being the real sensitive, emotional people of the zodiac, I can say as a person with three planets in Aries and an Aries rising that nobody is more emotional than the fire signs. So us Aries, Leos, and Sagittarius, we really take the cake when it comes to being the most overly emotional people in the zodiac. Now, thankfully, Leo teaches us how to approach our emotions from a healthy place, allowing ourselves to be vulnerable so that we can create real connection with the people that we care about. The other thing going on this week is that there is a yod in the sky. So a yod is the finger of God. It is a faded aspect. Some of us have it in our charts. And when the finger of God shows up, it says that that planet, there's something important for you to do there. And the yod, the finger, is pointing at Mars. And the hand is Pluto and Neptune. Now, Pluto, we haven't talked about him a lot in a while. We talked about him a lot in 2020. There was a lot of Pluto talk. Earlier this week, or really last weekend, the sun was opposing Pluto. There was a heaviness. So it wasn't just that the sun was the last degrees of cancer. It was also that the sun was opposing Pluto. There was a heaviness emotionally that felt like a 2020 style heaviness. And that's because Pluto was involved. And whenever we're working with Pluto, we're working with rebirth, with transformation, with releasing. We don't need anymore, but it's really hard for us to let go. So Pluto's involved this week. We're feeling him. And because the yod involves Neptune, which is our dreams, our fantasies, our imagination, our subconscious, and Pluto, our transformation, our uh, relationship to things that we cannot control, death, rebirth, these things pointing to that Mars says, this is the time to take some action. The actions that you've been wanting to take to transform your life, the actions that you've been wanting to take to make your dreams a reality, this is the time. And Mars is in Leo. He's still in the final degrees of Leo. So it is time to allow yourself to be seen. It is time to allow yourself to break out the big idea and show the world. We're out of eclipse season. We're out of retrogrades. I mean, we have outer planets retrograde, but our personal planets are not retrograde. So this is really a good time to start taking some action on what you've been marinating on for the past month, two months, one year, whatever the timeline is for you personally. And luckily with these two full moons in Aquarius, I think it'll make it really clear for you where you're being supported, where you can rely on people to support the things you want to grow. Who can you rely on? What groups, what communities, what organizations are supporting your values, are supporting your dreams? Because we do have this Saturn in Aquarius squaring Uranus all year. It's illuminating where we're feeling supported and where there are cracks in that support. So this next month, this next four weeks, this Leo season, the two full moons in Aquarius, 
It's going to make it even more clear where you need support, where the current support is failing you, where you want to rebuild, and where you just want to start over and build from the ground up. And that might have to do with your friendships. That might have to do with the people that you're working with. That might have to do with the communities that you are a part of, whether that is socially or professionally. You may release an old crowd or an idea even that you need to belong to a group. This might be a time where you say, you know what? I really like being on my own. I like working on my own. I'm going to keep going it on my own. You might make space for a new group or a new community to show up. So I know for me personally, I recently just joined a yoga teaching course. So I haven't taken a yoga course in a really long time, but I was feeling the need to fill my well up. I wanted to feel inspired when it came to my yoga teaching. So I decided to join this year long course with a teacher that I really respect and admire. Same thing with astrology. This year I've started to work with a different teacher and joined her Patreon group because I just wanted to be with some astrologers to support that because I lost that in the pandemic. Before the pandemic, I used to go to these Tuesday night meetings that were held by an astrologer and it was just this wonderful. So some other things that are going on this week, Monday, Mercury squared Chiron, Chiron went retrograde last week. He's pretty much at a standstill in the sky. So that's also contributing to the the feeling of emotional overwhelm. If you were feeling that earlier this week, luckily the sun in Leo is going to help us take some of that, dry out some of the tears and go take some action because that's what fire signs do. Fire signs get really worked up and then they go and do something with it. So on Tuesday, we had Mercury sextiling Uranus. You may have had a lot of ideas. You may or may not have had the focus to direct those ideas. And then on Thursday, we had Venus opposite Jupiter. This is another reason people's emotions are really, really, really on high this week because Jupiter expands whatever it touches. Venus, of course, is in Virgo. She just entered, but Jupiter is in Pisces and Pisces is a sign that rules the subconscious. So we may have had a lot of stuff coming to the surface and then we wanted to work it out with the people in our life and the people in our life may have not been willing to work it out with us. So you may have wanted to express yourself and didn't get back what you expected to get back from the other person, which is always challenging. On Saturday, Mercury trines Neptune. This is one of my favorite aspects of the week because we had Mercury square Neptune three times due to Mercury's retrograde. That was really tough. That was really some tough stuff. And now this is going to be a healing of all that came up. Maybe you'll have some forgiveness for someone who hurt you. Maybe you will just realize that that thing that came to the surface was a blessing and now you can release it or now it can inform the way that you want to move forward. Finally, Mercury is going to oppose Pluto on Sunday. So as I mentioned, Pluto is talking to us right now. Pluto is still in the final degrees of Capricorn. So Pluto obviously is very far away from Earth, which means from our vantage point, he moves very slowly. 
because Pluto moves so slowly, he stays in one part of the sky for a really long time. So in the beginning of 2020, Saturn and Pluto got together and they were conjunct. And that was the beginning of what we recall as our 2020, right? The pandemic. It was the primary thing. Pluto's not that far from where he was at the beginning of 2020. That was at 22 degrees Capricorn. I think he's at 24 degrees Capricorn right now. He did get to 26 and change, and now he's moved back because he's in his retrograde right now. But the thing that's interesting about Pluto and the other planets activating Pluto right now, he hasn't really been activated very much this year. We haven't heard from him because you know, the sun wasn't talking to him and Mercury wasn't talking to him. But this week, the sun and Mercury are talking to him. We did a Venus talking to him a few weeks ago. So when the personal planets talk to Pluto, then we hear from him. Then we feel his energy. And Pluto is probably the heaviest energy in the zodiac next to Saturn because Pluto rules death. Pluto rules rebirth, transformation, that feeling of, I want to burn it down. I'm done with this. That's Pluto. He rules the things that hide beneath the surface. We know they're there, but we just don't want to deal with them. And so 2020 brought a lot of that stuff up for us to actually see in the light of day. And then 2021, we have the opportunity to kind of ignore it. So, oh, you know, now I'm vaccinated so I can take my mask off and enjoy my life and go back to normal. And now this week, Pluto is like, oh, hey, I'm still here. And so now we're dealing with the Delta variant. Now we're dealing with putting on the masks again. LA has reinstated their mask mandate. We'll see what happens in New York. Pluto is talking to us. And it's much larger than the pandemic, the racial uprising, that is a good deal to do with Pluto. So much of what's going on in the U.S., and I can only speak for the U.S. because this is where I live, so much of what's happening has to do with the fact that the U.S. is approaching its Pluto return. So today is our 100th episode of the Essential Astrocast, and I figured I keep teasing this Pluto return of the U.S. thing, so I figured today is a good day to talk about it, especially since Pluto is talking to us this week. So the Pluto return of the U.S. is going to be exact on February 20th, 2022. What is a Pluto return? Well, every year you have a solar return when the sun goes all the way around your chart and comes back to the exact spot where it was the day you were born. Every 29-ish years, you have a Saturn return. Saturn goes all the way around and comes back to that exact spot where it was the day you were born. The Saturn return is the one that we talk about the most because it's pretty profound and most of us get at least two of them, depending on how long we live. And the first one is at 29 years old and that always seems to be pretty dramatic for people. So that's why we put a lot of emphasis on it. But we have these returns all the time. We have a lunar return every single month when the moon comes back to the spot where it was the day you were born. Now, none of us get a Pluto return because it takes about 240-something years for Pluto to go around the zodiac. But countries do. And every country and every city and every state 
and every business and everything pretty much has its own astrological chart based on when it was born. And so the U.S. was born on July 4th, 1776. And there are a few different opinions about what exact time, but there's a generally accepted time. And we use that chart to follow how the planets in the sky are impacting our nation. And of course, other nations have their own charts. So other nations have gone through these Pluto returns, but we have not because we're still a pretty young country. We have been waiting for Pluto to approach 27 degrees Capricorn, which is where it was on July 4th, 1776. That's going to happen on February 20th, 2022. And so the past few years has been a lead up to that Pluto return. So when you say, oh my God, this is historical. This is unprecedented. This is a once in a lifetime pandemic. This is a once in a lifetime racial reckoning. This is a once in a lifetime experience of innovation in the technological sphere. Electric cars, everything. There's so much happening. And because of technology, everything moves even faster. When we're talking about all these unprecedented or historical moments that we're living through, a lot of it, not all of it, because some of it's happening globally, but a lot of it has to do with the fact that we are living through our Pluto return as a country. And I always like to say, you chose to incarnate and be here for this moment and to be here for this time. So all of the Aquarius energy that we're working with, Saturn in Aquarius, Jupiter in Aquarius, their great conjunction at the end of 2020, these two full moons in Aquarius this month. Aquarius is the sign of the global citizen. Aquarius is the sign of the humanitarian. So how do you want to show up for the collective? How do you want to show up for your community? How do you want to show up for your country? How do you want to show up for the groups that you are a part of, your friendships, the people in your life that you care for? These are all things that we can consider for ourselves. But as a country, we need to consider how do we want to show up as a country? What will the next 250 years of America look like? And that is really what we're choosing right now. With this Pluto return, we are choosing how will this country be transformed? How will we be reborn after this Pluto transit? Will we become a populist nation with an authoritarian figure, which is where we were moving with the last administration? Or will we double down on democracy? And it's an interesting and scary thing to be living through, no doubt. There's also some other pieces of the puzzle that are coming into this U.S. chart that are going to be taking place at the same time of the Pluto return. In addition to the Pluto return, we're going to have a Chiron return for the U.S., which means that Chiron, the wounded healer, where our core wound resides as a country, is going to return to the spot where it was when the U.S. was born at 20 degrees Aries. One might say that the core wound that we have as a country is slavery. So I wouldn't be surprised that when we experience the Chiron return, which we'll start to feel more in 22, that we might actually have a real conversation about reparations or something along those lines. There are a lot of indicators that this is a fated moment for the country. 
other than the Pluto return and the Chiron return, the thing that seems most interesting to me is Neptune. So when we're working with Neptune, we're working with our subconscious, we're working with our imagination, we're working with our dreams. It's also romantic. Neptune has romantic ideals. Neptune in the sky is going to be opposite our natal Neptune as a country at 22 degrees Virgo. That means that things are going to feel a little shaky, a little uncertain, because Neptune in the sky is actually going to be at the very base of the U.S.'s natal chart. And the base of the chart is where we feel a sense of safety and security, where we feel at home and taken care of. And when Neptune is there, we're not sure what's safe and secure. Things can feel hazy and uncertain. We can look back at the previous square when Neptune in the sky squared our natal Neptune. And that was in 1981. And that was when Reagan was shot. It was also when the Columbia Space Shuttle happens. Really interesting to me that we're having so many conversations about space right now with all these billionaires going to space. Oh, that's also indicative of all the Aquarian energy because Aquarius rules space and the idea of extraterrestrial life. So we're having a lot of those kinds of conversations right now as a society. But the Neptune conjunction, the last time we had a Neptune conjunction was in 1938-39. And that was when World War II was pretty much starting. And so it's a really interesting thing to look at Neptune in relation to the U.S. chart and to see these moments in time that were unprecedented at the time and historical and incredibly pivotal to where we've gone as a nation and to now know that we're living through one of those times again. So without getting on my soapbox, I just want to say, take a page from the Aquarian Handbook And think about your impact on the whole, about yourself as a member of a community, yourself as a citizen to your country, yourself as a citizen in the world. I posted something on Instagram the other day. As you know, I am a huge proponent of getting vaccinated. I think it is the only way that we're going to keep people out of hospitals And it is the only way that we're going to bring the pandemic to the end. And it is the only way that we are going to protect our healthcare workers who have been through so much. With that said, I made a point on Instagram that you should get vaccinated because if you are concerned about Black Lives Matter, if you are concerned about climate change, if you are concerned about workers at Amazon and Walmart, etc., not being paid enough. Those are all valid concerns, and we should all fight to make sure that our children have a better experience of this country than we have. But you have an opportunity to be a global citizen right now. You have an opportunity to not just talk about having compassion for those that have less. You have an opportunity right now to take an action of compassion. Because when you get vaccinated, it says to the people around you, I care about you. 
I want to keep you healthy. It's not about me. And I think that if we all took a page from the Aquarian handbook and sat back and said, how does my life, how do my actions impact the community that I'm a part of, then we would all be part of a much fuller, richer, compassionate, loving world. And the essence of Aquarius is I am going to step back and make sure that my presence enhances the whole enhances the community, enhances the group. While Leo season is about me being the individual shining on the stage, when I shine bright, it allows everyone in the audience to know that they can shine bright too. So the essence of the astrology we're living through is it's time for you to show up. It's time for all of us to show up. And it's time for all of us to step back from thinking about ourselves as an individual and start understanding the impact that we have, not only on our family, on our friends, on our workplace, on our community, even on our state or our country, but also on the planet. Uranus and Taurus is not having it. Uranus is going to get to 15 degrees Taurus in 22. And I think that the ramifications of climate change are going to get really turned up in the next year. So it's time for us to start thinking as a collective and less as individuals. And so I wanted to share that with you on my 100th episode. And I hope it's helpful. I hope it's inspiring. And I look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends. Finally, come find me on Instagram at Veronica Peretti. I'll talk to you next week.